Packing for crazy town. Packing for crazy town. Lately, I find myself saying, that is so 2017. You know what I mean. Whether it's a show-stopping synchronicity, a picture falls into your lap out of nowhere of a person you haven't seen in a decade, and two hours later, that person calls. Basic. Or maybe you have that long overdue, incredibly painful argument with a coworker, friend, or partner that if you can just hang in there and not check out, be honest and vulnerable and own your role, it ends up with angels singing or some version of validation that lets you know that you just leveled up. The practice is to wake up every day and celebrate the loosening of the lugs on the wheels on this bus to crazy town. They're coming off. And if we take a page from the magic school bus, I'll take a spaceship over a, a crappy bus any day. So the practice is shifting that anxiety that you might feel when you wake to find that your furniture has been rearranged overnight, metaphorically speaking. It's the practice of normalizing, manifesting experiences that are better than you can imagine, of filtering out that narrative meth lab in the sky that's getting sloppier by the day and more brazen. Hmm, reality Lee winner? Really? Yoga teacher, check. Top secret clearance? Of course. Looks like Edward Snowden's little sister? Fuck you. Let's bring into the conversation my favorite forecasting website, thepowerpath.com. Here's what they say about June. It's time to learn the lesson that growth does not need to include suffering and to be grateful instead of suspicious when life seems too easy, right? This is the reality check of June. What do you feel? Is it yours? Is it right? Is it unfolding with ease? What is showing up? And what are the signs? Here's a, a very brief sampling of, of what I'm noticing. For example, I go in to pick up some contact lenses. I say, hey, Milena, do you by chance have any of those travel size contact lens cleaning solutions? She says, sure. She comes back with an entire case. She's, she's scotch taping the top, and I said, are you giving me an entire case of travel size contact lens solutions? And she goes, yeah, we're just overloaded. So lesson in the moment, it's just a little post-it from the universe that says, behold, travel size contact lens cleaning solution. No big deal, but I love you, and I'm going to keep showing you in ways that you can't even imagine. So all the better to have on the podcast today the conclusion of my conversation with Andy Forrest, serial entrepreneur, songwriter, founder of Forrest Present Creative, the premier board game company on the planet. And the reason that the first words my brand new husband said to me in 1999 were, we'll talk about that later. I find his spirit animals, one of which is extinct, and it goes downhill pretty much from there. One note is that at around, I think it's 37 minutes, um, whenever I'm talking about the pendulum 
notice what happens to the audio. I'm just saying. You can find out more about the podcast and Andy at packingforcrazytown.com. And hey, you three people from Ecuador who downloaded the podcast, what's up? Send me an MP3 and tell me what's in your go bag for Crazy Town. Okay. And I don't know if you remember this, but we were in a canyon in Death Valley, you and me. Us. And um, we were driving to Arizona where we were going to float on a pool with your um, sorority. Oh, with Margo and her, with, her with, with amazing, your, perfect family. With your sorority uh, mates at yes. Margo's house. Yes. And we were driving um, a small Japanese import uh, um, through the desert. It was extremely hot. And we stopped in a slot canyon. And we walked up a canyon and we had a bag of lettuce and some salad dressing, which tipped over on the car, <laughs> yes. and it and it and it made a big oil stain, right like that ran all over the car, all of the outside of the car, which then collected dust, and it was like a, an organic kind of racing stripe. In your orange that. car, yes, I do uh, remember yeah. that. Was there like a significance? There was some. I remember being in the canyon when that happened. I remember there was some conversation we had, and and I thought you had some kind of like epiphany, some kind of like revelation or some kind of thing where you saw me in a different way or you came to realize something i know you've had a lot of those but i'm 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 wondering if this rings a bell at all to you are you seriously asking i'm me? seriously I, i'm seriously okay because that wasn't lettuce in the bag those were magic mushrooms so of course i had an epiphany Okay, well, I didn't have any magic mushrooms. I wasn't tripping. Pretty sure. No, I've never had magic mushrooms. Oh, never you taken. Haven't? No, never taken them. No. So. Well, they get a bad rap. Okay. Well, you might have had. Seven. You might have had some and not shared. I actually wrote some lyrics. You about might have that. offered me, and I might have turned you down. You know my whole drug, uh, uh, my whole drug, past, and uh, why I don't do hallucinogens. No, remind me. Remind me. You know when I was in seventh grade. Yeah. I had this intense drug trip, which. Looking back, I have no idea what the drug was that I took. I thought I was smoking marijuana. Yeah. Um, I was um, 12 years old, and it was in California, and yeah. it was 1972. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know. It, and, and then I had this intense drug trip, which was similar to kind of an acid trip kind of thing, looking yeah. back on it. I had flashbacks of that trip without taking any drugs at all. I had flashbacks for years um, through high school, through college of that trip, uncontrollable flashbacks where I, where I would go through this trip only for seven or eight seconds, but at first it was, I thought I was losing my mind and it was extremely scary to do. I thought my kind of life was over because I couldn't control my brain anymore. As time went on through high school and into college, I gradually learned how to control the flashbacks. And I even can access them now, even as I'm talking to you about them now, I still can uh, turn them on, but I'm so good at managing them. When I talk about them, I kind of feel them again, and I feel what the way, how the reality shifts, and I'm kind of in this drug trip, but I can turn it off. That trip was extremely significant in my life. I don't know if I ever told you this. We got to Margot's house. <laughs> we got to Margot's house, and we were there with her perfect family in the desert, and all those the the weirdness of you know of living was in Phoenix, I think. And, and we were floating on the pool. And I told, and, and, and then I'm floating on the pool with one of your sorority. Can you your, just stop saying one of my sorority friends? I, I'll, I'll one explain of your friends, that later. One of your friends. Yeah. From that, from that club that you were in in college. <laughs> and from that, that, all girls that old girls club. club yeah. and, 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 and this was with Barb Fitzgerald. 
Yes. And she and I started telling her about this thing, and she and I was much younger then, you yeah. know. And so the flashbacks would come much more readily if I would talk about this. Yeah. And so I told Barb Fitzgerald about this whole past. Yeah. And I and and she said, well, can you tell me what the trip was like? Can you describe the trip to me, like what the what the effects of the drug were? Yeah. And I said, well, if I do, I'm going to have a flashback. And she said, well. That's okay with me. Is that going to bother you? And I'm floating on this air mattress. It was almost like sensory deprivation. And she's on an air mattress, but we're holding onto each other's air mattresses. We're floating around in the Arizona sunshine. And I describe this thing, and I start having this flashback with her. And and kind of the rea reality is breaking apart. I could tell you what I mean by reality breaking apart. But literally, reality breaks apart. Like the thing you call the pool is not the pool. The thing you call the other human being next to you, the air mattress, the thing that you call black hair, all everything starts to disintegrate and break, and you think it's not true. It's there. It's 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 something else. So, and then I describe this whole thing to Barb. I have some flashbacks, but I feel very safe next to her. And at the end of this thing, she said to me, "Wow, people sit in Zen monasteries." their whole lives to have that experience. And you had it, and you were only 12 years old, and you, didn't, you weren't ready to, 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 um, to deal with it. And that was the, that was the um, I don't know if it's one of those things that maybe I knew already. Like, I knew there was something spiritual about it. I knew there was something godlike about the experience. But it was only, there was so much panic associated with it that I had never embraced it and accepted it. And she, I've never told this to Barb Fitzgerald. I've never seen Barb Fitzgerald. That was probably the last time I've seen her. I think I've made her talk to her once since then on the phone about something. But that, all of a sudden, that, I just went like, fadoom. And I was like, oh, God. It was a gift. It was a gift. And it made me realize that nothing, in, and this, I don't want this to sound flippant, because you know I'm not a flippant person. I'm not flippant. I'm not arrogant. Yeah. I care deeply about people. I yeah. care deeply about the world. But it made me realize that nothing is, in one sense, nothing is real, and nothing can hurt me. And it's okay if that my form is eventually going to change and I'm going to leave this planet. Everything's okay. And, and it made me a more peaceful person. Just that one sentence that somebody said to me has really been a really a fundamental thing in my life. I cry a little bit about just thinking about it now. And, and, um, and I never told her about it. Someday I'd like to tell Bart Fitzgerald about that. But there was something you said to me in the slot canyon. And I remember you having this kind of epiphany, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> like I said, I wrote some lyrics about it, and I'm going to dig oh, those really? up. Oh, okay. There was something about, woke up frozen in Yosemite, and five hours later we're by the sea. Had some laughs in NY, rode elephants in Chiang Mai. How far we run. But that was different. That was a different trip to you. That was different. Mm -hmm. I do remember that. You were pretty nice about the fact that the hood of your orange Datsun was totally ruined from that mm -hmm. sal from that palm mm -hmm. and salad dressing. Yeah. And I remember also I had a picture of my leg out the window and you introducing me to King Sunny a day. Oh really? I, oh, I introduced you. I thought you introduced me to King's. I can't remember. Oh, okay. oh, maybe I did. Yeah. Um, I remember driving into Las Vegas with Rocksteady <laughs> playing Aretha Franklin, Rocksteady, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and that was like a, that was a totally transformative experience. And you had your feet out the window. Yeah. Death Valley, nineteen.
did reach out to Barb and let her know the effect that moment 28 years ago had on Andy. And this is what she wrote back. Wow, what a beautiful message from you, Sarah. And thanks for sharing that story. Sometimes the little things we decide to say or the smallest kindness can make a big difference in someone else's day or apparently life. It's good to remember. But the fact of you being able to be in that moment and be in that memory and actually have it bring tears to your eyes, I mean, I think that's it's part of your genius is that you're so, you're so open to being emotional. And I think that's part of your your charisma and your appeal what i mean that's pretty that's pretty rare what what role does does the ability for you as a man i mean it granted an alien man from another planet but what do you think what part of your power comes from your ability to be so open and vulnerable and such a crybaby which i love mm. I don't know. I think it was just, you know, my my dad made that okay. That's all I can point to is that he was emotional and yeah. and he made it okay and he and he didn't ever he didn't ever move when we when we cried. Like most people when they when you start crying, they want to put the, your their arm around you and go, "Oh, it's okay. I'm sorry. It's all right." Yeah. And especially when you're a kid or something like that. He didn't move. He just get, made the space available for you to continue to express yourself. Because obviously, you were expressing yourself. The fact that you were crying was incidental. It was like, you know, your hair was being blown in the wind or something. It's not, it's almost changing the subject if you say, oh, you know, I'm sorry. You know, and people's face changes when you cry. I would urge you when your child is crying or when your best friend is crying, don't react. Don't change your face. Just sit there and listen intensely. I wish my I wish my son would cry. Mm. You know, now he's almost 16. Mm. I haven't seen a tear in a while, a mm. long time. Mm. He'll but. cry. He'll cry when he's ready to. Yeah. Yeah. People have different orientations toward it. Um, Sarah, I'm happy to be your friend too, and I really love our friendship. I I I love um, just you know, I like to. See, I would like to see you more, and like to do more things with you, and 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 you know that um, I call you know I don't call you Sarah. I call you Joy, and because um, I feel like that's what you are in my life. Does that PayPal account still work for you? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, are we done here? Is our work done here? For now, okay. I think I don't know how long we've been doing this. My uh, now I'm going to be paranoid that it would be too long, but I mm. maybe I'll cut it in half. But anyway, thank you for listening to episode four of Packing for Crazy Town. It is a a work in process, a work in progress, and but I'm I'm getting kind of addicted to a work in process, a work in process. Hmm. Oh, the one thing I wanted to ask you: Do you want me to find your totem animal? Do you want me to oh. find your spirit animal? Okay. Sure. All right. It'll take a, a couple of minutes. Should okay. we just roll tape because zeros and ones are free? Okay. As I like to say. Okay. Ooh, is that it? Is that my spirit animal? Actually, that is...
the chaplain at Anthony's school. Oh, yeah? Father Herrick. Was he just caught fornicating with a cow? No, he's one of the good ones. Oh, okay. I emailed him to remind him that last year, on their birthdays, they, they over the a loudspeaker, they announced their names. And last year, he, he called him Anthony Pila, but his name is Anthony Pella. Mm-hmm. So I, as mothers are wont to do, yeah. on the anniversary of his next birthday, they say, hey, by the way, you've known Anthony for like eight years. Mm-hmm. Can you pronounce his name correctly? Yeah. What did he say? And then I said, I ended it with blessings, comma. That's how I end all my emails to the Catholic school teachers and administrators at his school. Blessings. <laughs> it's like passive aggressive, passive aggressive, passive aggressive. Love, Sarah. <laughs> um, yeah, let me find your spirit animal. Okay. So I'm back with Andy Forrest, founder of Forrest Prusan Creative and a longtime friend. And we did just take a break and I did I did sit with him and find his totem animal, or should I say animals? Really? You ready? Do you want to know how I do it first? Okay. Do you want to know the process of okay. visualization? So this is something I learned while going through the medicine wheel training with Shauna Holm, who mm-hmm. was episode number two's guest. She's a Shauna. Shauna is a shaman. Mm-hmm. Can't make that up. Mm-hmm. Shamanic therapist, poet, author. Um, so what you do is you sit quietly with someone. And then you go to that place. All of us have a place. It's a visualization. For, for me, it's, it's a giant um, cedar tree stump that's very tall and Mm -hmm. has a lot of room um, on the top of it and it's in a forest and that's where I start from kind of I I have this visualization of my highest self Mm -hmm. that's a Groupon Um, Mm -hmm. it's not the Catholic school that's a Groupon Um, for a workshop with Shauna I think it was some for some cryotherapy. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) When I was, okay, side note, when I was putting together the first episode of Mm -hmm. Packing for Crazy Town, which I went down a horrible rabbit hole for weeks and just made it worse and worse and worse. And at one point I was in in the editing tool and a Groupon popped up for cryotherapy and I go, yes, right now. So I got it, I called him, and I went and got cryotherapy, which is so less radical than you'd think. Mm. Anyway, so, so I'm, I'm on this stump, I'm visualizing there's my highest self, and then what you do is you just, you let yourself sort of descend, and you, you can imagine there's, there's air, you could be some kind of bird. You could be some kind of sea creature, some sort of water being, or a land person. Just knowing yourself as you do, what do you think, where do you think that I went first? Sea, land, or air? Hmm. I don't know. Land, I think. I don't know why, though. It's true. The land. I got shot, popped out right into a jungle, and... I never trust my first, mm-hmm. my first instinct. So mm-hmm. the first, 
the first creature that I saw was a giant cobra. Mm. And so it's my nature to roll it back and say, okay, is to not trust. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first thing. Mm-hmm. And so I roll it back. And then what I do is I create a virtual plane mm-hmm. of nothingness. So now there's no jungle, there's no sea, there's no air. There's, it's like an infinite virtual reality field. Mm-hmm. And then I say, okay, here for Andy. Mm-hmm. Show yourself. Again, the cobra. But then also right behind it, a polar bear. Mm. And then you may have heard me, and so then I check it again. Yeah. I go, okay, for real, what is it? Is yeah. it really, is it a cobra? Okay, that kind of makes sense. Polar bear, are you just a hanger on? Are you just, what's going on? Is that my mom? Did I have a Klondike bar for lunch? <laughs> so it's like, okay. But then you probably heard me giggle at some point. I did hear you laugh, yeah. Because then all of a sudden I saw, I saw sort of a woolly mammoth type mm. creature and I don't know if it was because of your your musical run up and talking about the ultrasaurus yeah but I also saw a woolly mammoth which yeah. is so it's kind of unusual for me to see more than one anyway but I uh-huh. saw three wow. let's just throw out the woolly mammoth why indeed why mm-hmm. Trump is president woolly mammoth is now your totem animal one of three mm. and so th- then the question is okay whatever and now we're getting into the territory like you with the tai chi and qigong me with five element theory and astrology mm-hmm. listening podcast people i only know enough to be dangerous about this but how i use mine yeah. is when i'm going into an unknown situation when i remember mm-hmm. it's not always i just it's like show mm-hmm. up and boom instantly they pop up by my side Mm. And and I take them into meetings, um, socially, mm-hmm. out socially, I'm about to walk into a party, mm. whoosh, there they mm-hmm. are, just by my side, mm. go, you know, get me a drink yeah. or whatever. And then... Um, Why, when you say that the cobra kind of made sense, what is it about a cobra that makes sense for me? They're kind of, uh, they're kind of hypnotic. Mm. And when you play a flute, they'll come, they'll come out. Mm. So... Uh, they have kind of um, a steady gaze, mm. at least the ones I've seen in movies. There you come out of that basket. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it just made sense, but it was a large one, kind of almost like an anaconda. Mm. Hmm. So I We've take it a- you haven't done ayahuasca. That's a very common in an ayahuasca. No, I was in the... Equatorian. I was in the Amazon jungle once, and I was with tra- with a shaman who showed me the ayahuasca, and he said, do you want to do this? And he showed me a number of other drugs, and he showed me what they did. And um, and I said, no, I didn't. No, I was with my family, and also I I, I don't think I would have I've done that because of my history. So, so I'm, pretty, I'm pretty careful about my use of hallucinogens. Yeah. We have definitely covered that in... Yeah. Uh, yeah. In in exciting amount of detail. Yeah. And I would never do it, you know, with family mm-hmm. around anyway. Um, just full disclosure, I have done it twice. Yeah. I know somebody who does it a lot. Uh, that's hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not, definitely not. I think that the effects become less um, dramatic. Yeah. Um, and more of a known quantity. But um, a friend of mine takes it, I think, every week. And the shaman I took, and the shaman I was with, took it every week. Every also, week, yeah, huh? It was part of his religion, yeah. And he took it every weekend. 
That's hard to imagine. Yeah. Well, I think it's different if you do it that often. I think you get a little more accustomed to incorporating it into your into your practice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, those are your yeah. totem animals. Okay. Just well, do with them with you what you yeah. will. Yeah. And uh, well, they I like the fact that they're different sizes because they're kind of like a Bremontown musician kind of thing. <laughs> Where the polar bear can get on the woodly moonmouth and the cobra can get up on the polar bear and look, you know, over tall things and stuff like that. And they can, like, work, pull each other over walls and the woolly mammoth can run through the wall. There's all sorts of... I could see a... I could see a whole animated series. I just... I'm seeing this yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon yeah. based on your totem animals. Yeah. Hashtag, I get 10% yeah, of Yeah, and it's... That. Yeah. Um, it's called Woolly White and Slinky. <laughs> They're a detective agency. Wooly white and slinky. Yeah. Can I can I just read off? Is there anything non-disclosurable on your on your whiteboard? I'm just gonna read off. Uh, Monkey King, Rally Golf, Pulp, Adventure Game, Forklift, Speed Zone, Blamo, Rivet, Swark Attack. Where's that Shark Attack? It's a Snark Attack. Snark Attack. Treasure Chest. Color. Myaru. Sketches. Sketchwarge. Qualoop. Oh my God. You. Are, you get paid just to be you you're just spinning gold out of air and silliness and goofiness I mean are all those games that you're producing another thing I have in common with our president um, <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> spinning gold no he's spinning yeah, oh, yeah. Um, those are games yeah yeah is box office gold a game it is yes or is that the the title these are box office gold. No. Speedo, Blamo. No, those are names of games. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to check my, let me just check my list of questions. Okay. Make sure that I didn't leave anything unanswered that I'm Leave anything on the floor? About you. Yeah. Well, you are a fantastic podcast guest. Ooh, I'd like to hear that. You're, I mean, the, people are going to come after I you. I like it. I like it. That's like, did you did that resonate for you when Diane said that it's the same sound for childbirth, orgasm, and uh, religious ecstasy? Did you did you really listen to all two hours? Of no, that I didn't listen to all two hours. Oh well, then no, I didn't. Would have remembered that part. Yeah, let me say about Diane. I thought she was. I mean, I would like to spend some time. With, I'd like to go camping with Diane, but I she was she there, she's. Chewy. I mean, all her ideas are like she's she's. The ideas are coming fast, and they're fast and furious. And I like I need time to digest each one. So by the time I listened to about thirty or forty minutes of it, yeah. I was like, I had to either hit the pause button and come back to it later, yeah. or I had to um, make sure that I never heard that person's <laughs> voice again. No, not at all. Actually, much more the former. It's just like. I mean, she could have just said one or two sentences and I could have hit the pause button and thought about them for a couple of days. Yeah. And it was just, it was so much. It was so thick. It was like, I don't eat fudge for the same reason. It's just too much for me to handle. So it's true. 30 minutes of fudge was enough for me. And I, and But I could go back to it and listen to it again. But I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather get Diane, I'd rather get Diane fortune cookies. Just open up a Diane fortune cookie, get a sentence there, and then, you know, sit with that and fall asleep. And then tomorrow after dinner, I'm going to open another one. So, Diane, fortune cookies. That's what I think you ought to do. 
Um, I'm just trying to get her to uh, read one or two of her books for audible.com because mm. that voice, and that's why I said at the end, which obviously you didn't get to the end, yeah. I said, I've been falling asleep listening to this podcast because every time I pick up something new. And so that's... I've which podcast? This one? No, this one we're having now. I can't listen to it yet because it's happening now, Andy. Um, no, you mean you've I been mean, listening to Packing for Crazy Town and Falling Asleep? Well, to, to specifically episode three with Diane. Oh, I because see. Because it is so much. Yeah, right. But the thing is, you guys are, are more similar than you might think. Mm. Your, your idea is that you're both, neither of you, of you is engaging in the national crazy. You're just working on showing up every day and doing good work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like Rumi said, there are a thousand ways to kneel and kiss the ground, mm-hmm. a thousand ways to go home again, and I kind of feel mm-hmm. like that's what this podcast is, is mm. sort of about. Mm. There's no one mm. way. Mm. There's no one way. Mm. I like that. No yeah. one way. Yeah. Um, let me see. I think I've hit a lot. Oh, what is your what is your social media game look like? I mean, do you have a strong social media game? Do you eschew it? You have heard of this Facebook thing, I take it. I, I, I can tell by your face that you think it's like you it's like, Oh yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Are you on Facebook? I am. Yeah. To what end? Well, first of all, let me just say that first of all, in my company and the board game, the tabletop gamer kind of community yeah. is a very um, that that community that we do business in is a very avid and um, outspoken and community minded group of people on a social media yeah. and they have websites and ways that they communicate with each other and so there's people in my company who know a lot more about how to engage with that community and they're engaging with that community and bringing the world of tabletop games that what we're doing into social media and so I'm thinking about it and I'm, and I'm discussing with it but I'm usually hearing about it from experts kind yeah. of from people who work here with us and who are younger than me and who know a lot more than me about this and who have a better feel for what's cool and what's not cool, which changes, it seems, every few hours. Yeah. Um, so, um, myself, you know, I'm, I play music and I write songs and I like that and it feels good. And there's some people in town who like to show up and like to watch me play in small cafes and things like that. And for the most part, I might communicate with them either on my website, which is roofforest.com, yeah. two O's, R-O-O, forest, two R's. Dot com. And um, and that has my performance dates and then I'll put my, you know, I'll send out something on Facebook and make an event and stuff like that. Even though my 16-year-old daughter says, Facebook, really, Dad? Oh, God, it's so over. Oh, okay. Okay, so you do or do not have a factory in China? I don't. Don't have any factories in China, no. No, most people who make consumer goods these days use other people's factories to manufacture things in. So my follow-up question to that yeah. was, um, do you have um, do you have a net around it to prevent the children that you're employing from jumping off? Yeah, that's nice of you to ask that question. I don't have a factory. Oh, and the it, factory that I don't have does not have nets. Um, and <laughs> it does not employ children. Yeah. Are you sure? Um, yeah. I'm sure. You don't need their tiny fingers to assemble your little uh, boards? You know, we make a lot of products. Mm-hmm. Well, we make about 60 or 70 board games a year. Mm-hmm. And we also make a lot of uh, board games for the Disney Corporation. And they in particular, besides the fact that we sell games in Target and Walmart and places like that and sophisticated companies who want to stay out of the news in terms of the way things are manufactured, yeah. have inspectors. They go into factories. They are all the time. They're looking for things. So... So, you know, are all of the standards the same 
in China or at the, the same level that they are in in the United States or in Western Europe? No, they're not. Are they moving slowly towards towards the same types of standards? Yeah, they are. And um, I know that we hear about horrific working conditions in places. Um, there's a there's a lots of horror that is going on. And I'm trying to be you know I'm trying to continue to be a force for good, a force for change in that. Well, so yeah. you you man, but you do manufacture you 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 do use someone else's factory to manufacture yes. your board games. Among yes. which, what's the most famous game that you created? Well, we made most of the we designed most of the early cranium uh, games, and so those were um, were quite popular with people, um, and um, um, I'd say those ones. Right now, we have a game which is called out that we designed, which is called Hogwarts Battle. Which is um, a Harry Potter game, yeah. which um, is a great game. Uh, it's a really fantastic game, and it's winning all sorts of awards. And it's moving up on the list on Board Game Geek of all-time greatest games. Really? And uh -huh. what's the age range for that? The age range is um, eight and up, maybe yeah, eight and up. But as you play, you play through the years at Hogwarts, and every year that you, and it's a collaborative game, so you're all playing together against the bad guys in the game, and uh -huh. you're trying to get through the year. Yeah. And if you get through the first year, you can rip open the pack of number two cards and shuffle them into the deck, and then you try to play through number two, and you, collaboratively you try to get through the second year. And as you go, it gets harder and harder until you open up your last year at Hogwarts. So if you want to try to play all the way through the game, it's probably going to take you 30, 40, 50 tries to get really? through the game. Yeah, so it really kind of grows with you, and it, and it's really there's a team dynamic that's going on, and um, it's a great um, it's a great game. Yeah, it's a really great game. So I would I would recommend that one. We have another game coming out in August, which is called Donner Dinner Party, <laughs> which is about eating people when you're stuck in the snow with them, and that's. I'm I'm hearing your grandfather's voice in yeah. the design of this Yeah, one. yeah. And um, that's kind of a social deduction game, kind of like a werewolf type game where you have to figure out who the cannibals are and and who the pioneers are. Or which of the pioneers are cannibals before you get eaten. And that is a lot of fun too, but it's really good to play with five, six, seven, eight people. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But we make a lot of games. A lot of games. Yeah. Ask me another question. I'm going to. Let me look at my list. Um... See, I covered you having a factory in China, and did you have a net for if people commit suicide? A net? So I never, no. I never... We covered the overpopulation musical. Um, you're in touch with your emotions. You did cry in the podcast, which I think is, you know, that's a game changer. Um, no one's cried at my podcast yet. It's, it's, um, well, it was only a matter of time. So, okay, so five, so your go bag. Your go bag for the quote-unquote crazy town. Yeah. What's in that? Say, what are the things that they can be digital, they can be apps, they can be unseen things. Now you can put your cobra, polar bear, and woolly mammoth in there, and you may count those as one if you like. Yeah. But what what's in your go bag? Well, I would say my wife, but she would not like to be in a bag. <laughs> you met her, right? Uh, yeah. I have, met I have her. tried to put that woman in a bag so many times. Matter of fact, I when I first saw her, I said, I'd "Like to get that girl in the sack," but. Um, <laughs> Um, she would not tolerate that. She, but she could walk along next she to me. She could have her own go bag. She could walk along next to me as long as she was slightly ahead of me. Um, <laughs> but I would definitely take my iPhone. You know, the iPhone changed my life because I'm not really a musician, but I heard music in my head. And so I, 
I would hear these songs and I couldn't necessarily write them down or remember. I used to, in the old days, I used to call my phone and say, oh, the, the song goes like this. And I used to leave a message on my answering machine. Um, but then came this thing, this iPhone, where I had a digital recorder in my pocket all the time. So I have, if we opened up my voice memos and looked at it, now I could show you, scrolling through, I've got hundreds of these song ideas in here. And then when I like one enough, I, grab, I go home and I sit down with my guitar and I plan it out and figure out how to do it. So I would take this, I would take my guitar because yeah. it brings me so much joy yeah. to play and, um, and, um, and my, and my uh, inspirational uh, partner. Um, um, and, um, Wait, my, is the, your guitar your inspiration? No, that, that woman who I live with. The woman whose oh name God, shall not be mentioned. Dawn again. Yeah, I would take her if I could, and um, my kids want, don't want to come with me. To, to <laughs> they're they're like, Dad, we'll see you. We're going to go to the other crazy town, the one you're not in, and um, and um, but you know, they later on they might want to visit me. Um, I'm not sure if I need anything else really. Your iPhone. My guitar. Guitar and, and my partner. Yeah, my life partner. Yeah, I'm not even taking my life coach. Oh, yeah. Richard. Richard, yeah, I'm not going to take Richard. Yeah. What would so? Uh, he would fit in a sack, but I wouldn't. Then, um, let's see. Oh, that's oh, he, Sir Latob. Find great outdoor dining deals at Sir Latob. You, you sign one you, kid up for a teen cooking camp, and all of a sudden you're their best friend. You got to manage social media, and you got to reject people, and and you might have kicked yourself off my mailing list. It's possible you did, because I make it very easy for you to do that, because I don't want you to waste your time with things you don't want. Uh, Did you see the pendulum that I picked up in Brighton Bush? Well, I saw it when in the middle of the podcast when you waved it in my face and dared me not to break out in laughter while I was in the middle of saying something important. You're, I, you're, you, I mean, you've said nothing but important things. Yeah. But I, I uh, when I went to Brighton Bush re recently, um, where I go when I just for sure need a come to Jesus moment, and I always get one there. Brighton Bush Hot Springs in um, the Oregon Cascades. I forgot how much I love pendulums, and I my one that I had broke years ago. And for those of you listening, a pendulum is just, it can actually be anything. This one's on a chain, and it's a crystal, or it, it actually almost feels like plastic. It's about an 8-inch chain. It's beaded. It's, it's beaded an 8-inch metal chain, the and then there's a, I don't think that's plastic, but I think it might be. It's not. It can't be plastic. It might be. It might be glass. Well, it could the point be, is, it could be a crystal. No, it could be a rock. I think it's a polished. I think it's a polished uh, rock of some kind. Okay. Well, even though the word China is written on the outside of it, it's not written. No, it's no, not China. No. Okay, but the, it, here's here's the thing. In terms of go bags and packing for crazy town, this is not necessarily something I would, you know, if I if I were limited to five yeah. items, but in these days. In these days, I feel like leaning on the unseen elements uh, that are the spiritual entourages that we all, that are drafting around us all the time, daily, that I think that it's really cool to have something that in the moment, because how many decisions do you think you make a day? Actual decisions, like from, from do I go left or do I go right to... 140. 140 decisions a day. I don't know, just a guess. How many of those do you go, hmm, wait. Maybe 240, I don't know. Two, okay, so let's say 200. Okay. Of those, do you ever, is it ever just kind of like flip a coin, I don't know which, which I should do, or is it always a certainty for you? I always ask. 
if I, well, I mean, sometimes I just go, I'm going to go pee. There's not much of a decision about it. I just right. decide I'm going well, to go pee. Well, that's an imperative. That's a okay. physical imperative. Okay. It's an executable. Um, but if I decide, am I going to do this or that, and then I wonder about that, um, then I ask myself. And I, the answer always emerges to me. Because I tell myself that it needs to emerge, and so it always emerges. Call some late breaking gold from Andy Forrest. So that's about trust. That's how is that different from intuition? Is it because you're pulling it out of the ether instead of just before you ask, the voice says go left or invest in Snapchat or something? Um, because I think um, I think um, it's more like it's asking. It's like there's two people. It's like I, I go to the sage and I ask the sage. Should I do this or should I do that? Um, I've got 10 minutes now. Should I play a song on the guitar or should I meditate? Um, or should I clean up my office? Um, and then I ask, if I, if I think to myself, which I do, I ask myself, what, hey, what, what makes more sense here? And then I always answer myself. And I'm a man, so I like to have the answer to things. And I don't know if it's always the right answer, but I always answer and I say, you should do this. It's totally good for you to do this right now, and then I do it. So it's 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 that strong of a reach of a reply. Yeah, I never am in doubt really about things about that. That's cool. So I don't know if you're it just is. asking your your highest your highest Andy. Yeah, or well, just... the highest Andy available. Sometimes the highest one's on the phone, so I <laughs> I get the second I get the second or the third one. I get so your assist. highest one goes uh, and assist. you're here regarding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he expecting you to call? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I like that. I don't have that kind of certainty, but I, I am actually I'm going to give that a try, just flat out asking instead of like, oh, shit, what do I do with my pendulum? Mm. This is, this is a, a recent add to my go bag for Crazy yeah. Town, but it is so cool, and some of you know what I'm talking about because how else would you have come across a podcast called Packing for Crazy Town unless you're open? But the cool thing about it, watch this. You say... You hold it and you go, what is yes? Show me yes. Now, I'm not doing anything. Yes is going around in a little circle. Um, okay, this is tiny it's going, yes. There's a tiny, there's a tiny, oh, now, now it's, can it's going please, around in a... Can you please do a very visible yes? Thank you. Okay. Okay. So that, what it's that is... counterclockwise circle. It's a counterclockwise circle. Yeah. Now watch this. What is no? You already know what I'm going to ask you. I am not doing a thing. Okay. Now what do you see? Now I see it's moving the other direction. But it's, it's, it's it, like a diagonal line, yeah. right? So for me, I, I actually get, it's, it's, that's not, I wouldn't necessarily make a big decision based on that, but I feel like it's connected to some sort of holy web that, that I don't fully understand as part of the deep mystery. But I feel like right now, within what, what let's just loosely call the spiritual entourage, that the unseen factors that are around all of us, whether you believe it or not, and I have this conversation with my mom all the time, you can't force someone to believe that, that you have people in your corner, or you have beings that are in your corner, you have an, something that's in your corner, um, if they don't want to believe that. But I get a lot of pleasure, and I, I think that right now, those beings are shouting at the top of their lungs, mm. if we just will listen. Mm. So that's why I'm... Bringing back the pendulum. I'm making the Did pendulum. Did you read cool uh, Tintin? Are you a fan of Tintin? I like Tintin. I like the art of Tintin. I'm talking about the books. Oh, the giant. 
graphical books. Yeah. Yes, I have read, written some or read some Tintin. Because there's a professor in that. There's a character in them named Professor Calculus. Yes. And he's really the funniest. He's like the he's he's in some ways he's the best character in the series. And if you wanted to take a look at him, I would recommend. Secret of the Unicorn, which is actually the prequel to Red Rackham's Treasure. Or maybe it goes the other way around. Red yeah. Rackham's Treasure and Secret of the Unicorn. But he uses a pendulum. And he's a super smart guy and a super smart inventor. But in that book, he's, use, he's, he's using a pendulum and walking around and trying to find the answers to certain things. And he actually is telling people where the treasure is, like what direction the treasure is in. But nobody will listen to him. And he was right all along. And he had the pendulum. He yeah. had the pendulum. Well, that's the thing. I yeah. don't want to be one of those old ladies in the in the natural Too late. Food, you are. natural food store holding it over to. Should I get this kind of bulk psyllium or or that kind of bulk psyllium? You know, I don't want to be that. It's more of a private thing for me. Uh huh. But I'm gonna look up that that fella. Okay. Mm, let's see. And oh yes. So do you pray or do you not pray? Well, I guess I pray. I'm not a Christian. I didn't have a Christian upbringing, and I, and I, 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 I mean, I like Christ. I think he had some good things to say, but I'm, I'm not into Christ to the exclusion of other things. And for some reason, I think of the word prayer as so connected to Christ and so connected to Islam, to these religions, and I guess connected to Judaism also. I mean, they call it something I think a little different in Judaism, but. These organized religions seem like they have this prayer thing that's going on, and I find it quite alienating to. And they and they they kind of stole the word prayer and the concept of prayer. But you know, I talk to myself and I talk to the to the to the. I don't want to call them higher spirits because who, who do they think they are being higher than me? Um, and you're here regarding and and but I I talk to the forces in the universe, um, and I. And I actually talk to them in different ways, and I have intimate relationships. Um, I don't mean sexual relationships. I just means I have I have private kind of relationships with yeah. them, and I and I am interacting with them in the most silly, playful, and 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 sometimes serious and profound ways, on a daily basis. So if that's prayer, um, then I pray, and. And then sometimes I try to really slow down, especially when I'm meditating, and I try to think, what's going on? What is it that I really want? What is it that I'm looking for? Do I want this or do I want that? And that may be a kind of prayer. And sometimes if I know, I think to myself, come on, I really want this thing to be so. I want to make this happen. Can you help me? I'm kind of asking me, but I'm asking other things too. I'm asking other forces in the universe probably I'm not really separate from them maybe I'm the same thing as them so maybe I'm just I don't know I'm voicing I'm bringing voice to something to make sure that I'm not just thinking it in my head that there's some manifestation to that thought so I think in one shape or another yeah I pray but don't tell Jesus (laughs) Yeah. I wonder, you know, nobody ever talks about Jesus the toddler. It's always, you know... Well, they talk about the baby Jesus. He yeah, goes, he skips from being a baby yeah. to... The toddler Jesus, yeah. yeah not the adolescent Jesus. Yeah, yeah. not the Jesus who is you know, yeah, graffitiing the temple. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, now we're getting yeah. into that... Jesus the terrible 
The terrible twos. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Throwing his little wooden sippy cup across the room. Yeah. And Mary's like, I've had it. I have had it. Joseph, I'm going out tonight with the girls. He is your problem. Um, so, yes, I just don't want to break it to you, but you pray. Okay. And prayer, prayer I mean, I, I, don't, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. If I didn't think that there was a squad of invisible beings that had my back that were going to yeah. bring, bring, you know, meaning, extra meaning to my yeah. life. I mean, having a rich inner life is not nothing. Yeah. But at some point, that, that if, if you do, like you, you want to make the world a better place. I like what you said that it really is about, you really have to start with yourself. But I, I do have, I have... But I also want to tell you that I got your back too. And I'm not an invisible being. Are you and, sure? And, and, and I am, and I might be one of those spirits that is here to answer your, <laughs> to help you with your prayers. That may have been that Death Valley epiphany that you were talking about. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. So how, so what do you do at night? So you have your milk and water. That's in the morning. Hashtag throw away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> throw away Okay. <laughs> what do you do at night? Because you say you sleep like a baby. Prove it. Well, first of all, I don't know about that phrase because people say that babies aren't very good sleepers and they're always complaining they got to get up in the middle of the night and take but care of the baby. You know, I didn't even think about that. You're totally right. Yeah. Um, Thank so, you for bringing the value. Yeah. Thank you just for upping but the value I, of this podcast. Yeah. But I do, uh, I do sleep like a sloth. No, I do, um, I do sleep pretty well at night um, and I'm pretty tired by the end of the day. You know, it's tiring being me. But um, you, you, you exercise seven days a week, no, don't you? No, I exercise four, four or five days a week. Dawn exercises seven days a week. But I exercise four or five. But I, and I, but I walk a few miles. When I don't exercise, I, I often walk a few miles. Like today, I walk to work and back, and it's four miles about. Okay, newsflash, yeah. that's exercise. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you pray while you're doing it. Yeah, I do pray. That's true. I do pray while I'm doing it, yeah. And why do I sleep well? I don't know. I feel pretty. I feel as though I'm pretty congruent. You know, I don't let things bother me. If something, if I need to say something to someone or something or to myself, generally it gets said. So I'm not holding a lot of things inside me. And I think sometimes it's the things that people need to say or they need to do or they need to act on. And if you don't do them, then you kind of the energy gets stuck. Yeah. And you think in circles and you get frustrated and then it manifests into something else like guilt or unhappiness or back pain or th- those things. Yeah. And then sometimes it can wake you up at night. So it's really, really, really important to do what you feel like is worth doing. To, to, uh, if you feel like something's worth doing and you should ask yourself, is this worth doing? If it is, it's really important to do it and to get it done. You know, even if you have to put yourself at some risk, leave your job. Um, tell somebody something that might hurt their feelings, tell something, you know, take something that might cost you, might not be in your economic interest. And I said economic interest, and you got another, what's that one? That's vir- virtual reality. I, I, somehow I'm on Twitter. Yeah. I don't, uh, somehow it comes to me through my, I sound like a, a person, like your, an old person, like, man, those can, are so messy, and these turn, tweets come into my phone. You can phone. turn your <laughs> notifications off. And my life coach said, when you sit down to write, turn your notifications off. Put your phone on, do not disturb. Go dark. Go dark, young man, go dark. And so 
And so, Richard sounds like a genius. And um, and I'll tell you, it made a big difference for me. You got to turn your notifications off. You got to stop. Everybody's talking about accessibility, accessibility in this world. You got to pick and choose and decide when you're not going to be accessible. Especially, I just need to take two days and unsubscribe to everything that I've accidentally gotten myself subscribed mm. to. Because that's the thing, Anthony. Anthony. That's the thing, yes, Andy Mom. Anthony. Mommy. Um, <laughs> Can we cuddle? <laughs> okay. That's the thing. It's all about the data. They want that data. The fact that Sir Latab has my email yeah. is worth something to them. Yeah. And they're they're very unscrupulous about tricking you into giving it to them. Yeah. You have to un you know, you have to to opt out. Yeah. Um, so yes, I'm but but you know, point well taken. I do I am too connected. I do look at my phone too much. Yeah. All of that. But I'm yes, I do do that. Yeah. That's I'm Yes. Guilty. So I know you have a, um, a a virtual reality because this reality is kind of you know not good enough for totally you. Totally played. That yeah. you have a yeah it's played out. That you have a virtual reality workshop tonight, and I want to make sure that you get there in time. Um, and also, I think that we should do something with that chip in there and put it on your computer before you leave. So maybe we should stop. Unless you have another question, that's I've I've really exhausted okay. all my questions, okay. and uh, I already know that I'm going to divide this into two. Oh, okay. I'm just going to just tease out your fascinatingness. And okay. People are like Andy Forrest. Andy Forrest. Why have I never what? Why have I never heard of him? Okay. Well, I just want to say this, and you may cut it off here at this final I word, might. and you may not. And since you are the producer, you get to make that decision. But the last thing that I want to say. Yes. Is that I really and truly love you. I really, truly love you, too. Should we pinky swear? And not in a, as Diane would say, not in a Pollyanna way. Because she said, it's not a pablum, like, I'll love you forever, Andy. It's, will you love me at Thursday at 8 a.m.? And I, mm. I felt that way from the moment that I mm. met you. And too bad you ruined me for all the other managers to come after you. And Richard says... He said, "The genius life." Coach. Yeah, yeah, he said, it. "Well, it's one thing to be loved, and it's another thing to be loving. You can be in the state of that flow of being loved or loving, but also, you can simply be love. That thing which is love, you can connect to that and be that thing." I think you raised my vibration without me doing anything. I feel like we're at the end of our conversation, but I, I'm really grateful to you, and I honestly do love you, and I really need to see you more. Okay, let's do that. Okay, goodbye. And I, and if you're, no, I'm not going to go there. Okay, okay, goodbye. Goodbye, America, and the rest of the world. I want to thank Andy Rue Forrest for being a great friend. Um, you can find out more about Andy at rueforest.com. R O O F O R. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Review. Blah, blah, blah. Rate. Blah, blah, blah. That's oxygen for people doing what I'm doing. Love you, mean it. Thank you.